Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Wednesday, October 26th, 2022, the 644th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'm your moderator You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. And in doing so, you will be supporting me and the work I do and this show as it expands. And if you can't, or you simply don't want to continue listening to the podcast for free on a variety of platforms, all I ask is that you share it with your friends. Now, before we get started, I want to apologize to everyone who was expecting an episode of what we missed on the Badlands Media Network last night. I severely underestimated how difficult it would be to book guests for this show. And naturally, as the show is just starting, that will be the hardest time, especially in the run up to an election. But I couldn't make it happen for last night. So rather than just throwing something together so I could do the show, I decided to take the night off. But I hope as this goes along, it will get easier. I have a great guest next week. And then the election is the week after. I think we might all just do a live show that night. But don't quote me on that because there's been no decision made. But regardless, apologies for missing last night. That is totally on me. So last year, Joe Biden told the country that we would be experiencing a dark winter of illness and death for the unvaccinated. They had been irresponsible with their health and with the safety of their communities. And it was important to have a group of people you could blame COVID on because you don't want to admit that the whole thing was just a massive hoax, which is, by the way, true, whether or not there was a virus. Maybe they took influenza 
and called it COVID. Hey, maybe, right? Maybe there was COVID. That's all fine and good. The entire pandemic narrative was still a hoax. Initially, they told us it couldn't pass person to person. They said it wasn't very dangerous. In February, Anthony Fauci himself said that masks were not necessary. Maybe they could catch a stray droplet, but that was about it. And then a few weeks later, he was telling us that we needed to lock down the entire country, something that has never happened. The science has never recommended quarantining healthy people. And we had to spray everything and we had to wipe down everything. And everyone needs hand sanitizers. We couldn't go to work. We couldn't go to church. We couldn't go to school. We couldn't go to concerts or bars or sporting events or movies. In California, they even locked down the parks for a little while. All for a virus that everybody knew already at the time had an infection fatality rate on par with an average flu. We were told we had to wear masks, even though there was no science behind masking. And of course, none has emerged since. Masks didn't work. If masks did work, why didn't they? Why isn't there any proof anywhere in the world that those masks had the ability to inhibit the spread of an aerosolized virus? We were told when Governor Brian Kemp in Georgia and other governors opened their economies back up after a little two-week break that they were engaging in an experiment in human sacrifice. It was very, very bad that people were going to go out and resume their lives. And why was it bad? Oh, because people were going to die, except there was no reason to believe that more people would die. And of course, they didn't. The communists just didn't want any place open because then there would be nothing to compare to. If Georgia is fully open and COVID deaths don't skyrocket, well, why is California completely locked down? It would be the Sweden narrative on steroids, and they still haven't answered the Swedish question. The Swedes never locked down. And then we were told that one mask wasn't enough, and we actually needed two masks because it would double the protection from zero to whatever two times zero is. And some people wore three masks. We were never actually told, hey, it's gotten safe enough to wear one mask again. But people just decided because I guess they realized that the science had changed or that maybe the science just wasn't accurate. But they went along trusting the science. And then... They approved the vaccine right after the election. They were working at the speed of science, and that's just how long the science took. And then they tried to make everyone take the vaccine. They put in vaccine mandates. They had a huge cultural campaign of shame and bullying to anyone who didn't want to get the vaccine. And why didn't people want to get the vaccine? Well, because they looked at reality. They looked at the data. They listened to the scientists and the experts, and it turned out there was this whole segment of the population of scientists and experts who said, hey, wait, these other scientists and experts, the ones on TV, the ones profiting from all of this, they're not telling you the truth. And here's how and here's why. And if you'd like to invite us on shows and ask us questions, we'll be more than happy to answer those questions. We want all of the country to be fully informed about what the science actually says. And those people were censored and banned. And anyone communicating what those people were saying were also censored and banned. You know, like I was. But no matter, let's create a regime of medical experimentation that violates the Nuremberg Code in many ways, but most importantly, informed consent. And let's also go with some medical segregation. It's necessary to deprive people of their ability to participate in society so that they will do what we say. And they didn't hide it. They said, that's the reason we need to encourage more people to take the vaccine. And the way to do that is by providing an incentive and punishment structure. And the incentives were you could be entered in a lottery to win a hamburger. 
And the punishments were now you can't work and feed your kids. The illegitimate regime did that. And businesses and the public health community and the media and big tech and the universities, they all went right along with it. They loved it. What could be better than punishing the no-no people? Maybe forever. Maybe we can just institute this medical segregation and keep it going forever. Eventually, we'll get the whole society to force people to show vaccine passports Every time they enter a business, every time they want to go on public transport, every time they'd like to travel across the country by way of plane. And of course, we'll track them because the vaccine passport is on their phone and we're already tracking their phone. If we can just get their money all on there, oh, that would be just the greatest. And so we played that game throughout 2021 and the fake president, Joe Biden, got very, very mad that people weren't all taking the vaccine. And so he promised us a dark winter of illness and death for the unvaccinated. And in the last year, people have realized that the vaccines don't work. They're not safe. They're not effective. They don't prevent transmission, infection, serious illness or death. In fact, they increase all of it. To the point where you don't even need to appeal to the data. Everybody knows people in their real lives who still get COVID again and again and again. And all of them are vaccinated. Isn't that incredible? And there was no dark winter of illness and death for the unvaccinated. And people might remember that Joe Biden promised a dark winter in the debate against Donald Trump in October of 2020. Joe Biden loves telling America that they're about to endure a dark winter. And while the rest of the country has pretty much learned all of this and come up to speed on it, Joe Biden, as you might imagine, has not learned anything because, to be honest, Joe Biden's brain is not really capable of learning at this point. It's like how you can't teach an old dog new tricks, except the old dog is a deranged, corrupt old pervert. All of this is actually kind of an insult to dogs. And I feel bad for my own dog for even saying all of this. And you know what? Honestly, the only thing that Joe Biden shares in common with dogs is his propensity to sniff every human he sees. My dog is actually really proud of himself when he learns stuff. Joe Biden, on the other hand, one COVID shot each year will be all they need. And if you get it, you're protected. And if you don't, you're putting yourself and other people on necessary risk. The shot is free. It's widely available and conveniently located just in time for the holiday season. Look, it seems like Joe Biden and his big pharma owners are in the bargaining stage of their grief. Now you only have to get one shot a year. If you just get one shot a year, that's enough. You'll be protected. And if you don't do it, you're putting yourself and other people unnecessarily at risk. But of course, Joe Biden can't explain how that's true. If you were to offer Joe all the money in the world, he would not be able to explain how that's true. How can you put other people unnecessarily at risk by taking a vaccine that doesn't protect you and doesn't protect them, especially when the vaccine is the cause of the variants and the vaccinated get sick most often. But naturally, the illegitimate regime just can't let it go, especially not right up before an election. If they were to admit that the vaccine actually doesn't work and doesn't protect anybody and only creates negative side effects and spreads more covid, well, people might get the idea that these people aren't to be trusted. And so apparently they have determined that it's better to just keep lying to everyone, even though virtually everyone knows it. The illegitimate regime knows that its supporters will believe absolutely anything. There is nothing these people won't believe. They can be shown article after article 
talking about how the Nazi battalions in Ukraine were built up by our CIA and how they have an 80 year history of being there in Ukraine. They can see pictures and videos of these people on the battlefield. They can read about what these people have been doing for the last eight years in the Donbass, and they will still deny that there are Nazis in Ukraine because they're supporting Ukraine and they would never support Nazis. Therefore, there are no Nazis in Ukraine. They will believe absolutely anything and they will repeat absolutely anything. And why is that? Why is that? It's because no one ever tells them the truth. Now, a big part of that is the propaganda and censorship regime. And it's important to remember that by and large, these people have been tricked and still are tricked, which is what might make them at some point redeemable. I spent all last year talking about this very thing, redeemable communists. Right now, they're communists. Right now, they're the people who were denying that Ketanji Brown Jackson was actually lenient on pedophiles, even though her record shows that she was lenient on pedophiles. We were called racist for bringing that up. They're the ones supporting Nazis. They're the ones who supported coerced medical experimentation without informed consent and then medical segregation. That was them. And it's sad that they got tricked into doing all of this, but they still did all of it. The way to get out of that is by admitting it and immediately figuring out what sorts of things you can do to help rectify the problems that you've caused. Now, I'm thankful that I was given the opportunity by whatever stroke of magic or luck or gift from God that I could begin to understand this and try to resolve all of this in my own life because I was on the wrong side and I did support a lot of bad things. I don't think I did a lot of bad things personally, but I was supporting the people who were doing all this bad stuff and it was due to my ignorance. I thought I was getting all the sides of the story and I never doubted myself because I was part of a certain class of people. I had been educated at an elite liberal arts college in the Northeast. I was a scientific materialist. I believed in the experts. I believed in the intellectuals. I thought these people were generally acting in good faith and trying to tell the truth. It seemed like they were working through real problems and willing to share their process. All of that turned out not to be true. And at that point, I realized, hey, I participated in a whole lot of this. And now I've got to try to figure out some ways to make up for it. And I hope people will choose that path when they realize in the very near future that they've been wrong about all of it. But I'm worried that they missed the boat a long time ago. And what we're going to have is a lot of good Germans who just want to float around through life, pretending that no one noticed what they've been doing for the last few years. A small percentage of people are going to absolutely lose their minds, probably like, let's say, four to six percent. But then there's going to be a good 15 or 20 percent of our population who are just good Germans. They're the people who went along with all of it. They never looked back. They never questioned it. They were certain they were right because the other people were so, so bad. And they don't feel personally accountable for any of it. And that's going to be very sad because these people have not come to grips at all with what that will actually cost them throughout their lives. And hey, maybe beyond. What's called for is contrition and action, and I'm not sure we're going to see that from nearly as many people as we would hope. So let's check in with one of those people. This is Ben Shapiro from his podcast yesterday as he realizes that maybe he was just a bit off in encouraging his hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of listeners to join the medical experiment for no reason. Well, from the very outset of the COVID vaccine movement, 
there are a couple of rationales that were given for why people should take the COVID vaccines. One was apparently there was robust data on the lowering of the risk of death, particularly if you were old and vulnerable from baseline COVID. If you were young and you were healthy, then the idea that you're going to die from COVID was always a misnomer. The chances of you dying from COVID at the age of 30, if you work out four times a week and you eat healthy and you don't have diabetes or something, well, those chances were always extremely low. But if you were 65 plus and you were obese and you had diabetes, the chances of you dying from COVID were actually fairly high compared to things like the flu. And then COVID lowered the rates of death on that. So that was one reason to take the COVID vaccine was to protect yourself. And that case was fairly strong for a large percentage of the population because we have a lot of elderly people in the United States and we have a lot of fat people in the United States. And we have a lot of people with pre-existing conditions in the United States. Then there was a secondary case that was made. And that case was made largely on the basis of Pfizer claims and Moderna claims that it would lower the transmission rates to take the COVID vaccine. And the way to bring an end to the pandemic was get the vaccine so that your friends wouldn't get COVID. Get the vaccine so your parents wouldn't get COVID. And this was promoted very early on by Pfizer and Moderna, like back in November, December of 2020, before Joe Biden even took office. And given that that was the data that was being released, that was the data that most of us in the media used, including in conservative media, because that was the available data. I suggested that people should get the vaccine back in about December of 2020 for specifically this reason. That was the available information at the time. Now, there are people who are saying, ignore that information. It's not true. But and, and maybe they turned out to be right, as it turns out. But jumping to conclusions based on the absence of data is not the same thing as trying to follow the data until it turns. In any case, it is now perfectly clear that we were lied to, that we were lied to. And we were lied to at a very high level from very, very early on by both the vaccine companies in terms of the ability of the vaccine to prevent transmission. And we were also lied to by our politicians who apparently knew better. And they just kept lying. And this is creating, you want to know why there's mistrust in the institutions? It would be because of this kind of stuff. It's because you have experts who are constantly telling the platonic lie to people. And people who want to have faith in the experts because you, you have to use heuristics when it comes to the world, right? You can't study down on every single issue. When you go to the doctor, the reason you go to the doctor is because you didn't have time to go to medical school. And the reason you go to the plumber is because you didn't have time to learn to become a plumber. The reason that you go to the mechanic is because you don't know how to take cars apart. You have to rely on the expertise of another human being who has spent an enormous, inordinate amount of time studying an issue. And then you have to sort of take that data and use it as best you can. Now, it can be that you distrust the data. It can be you don't trust the people who are giving you the data. But the big problem here is that when you have an entire institution like the scientific institutions or the government, and the government is issuing laws in order to get you to do a thing, and then it turns out that these things are lies. Well, people's distrust in the institution is going to skyrocket, right? So there it is. Ben Shapiro was just simply lied to. He was lied to by the experts and the government. How could the experts and the government lie? We're supposed to trust the experts. We're supposed to be able to trust our government. After all, we elected them, didn't we? These are the people who the people elected in free and fair and perfect, safe and secure elections. These are the representatives of the people. How could they lie? I mean, of course, people are going to lie. Liars will lie. But that's what we have free elections for. If the liars lie, then we can get them out of office. That's what it is, gang. That's why our democracy is so valuable. And unless you want to break down in that democracy, we need to trust the outcome of our elections and not so doubt about those elections. Ben Shapiro was lied to. Ben Shapiro, we are told, is one of the smartest, most conservative, most well-balanced people we could possibly ever listen to. If there is one thing Ben Shapiro is, it's more informed than everyone else. If there's two things, it's more informed and smarter. And if there's three things, it's more informed, smarter, and far more moral. Oh, you don't want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Ben Shapiro about information or intelligence or morality. Oh, he'll mop the floor with you, particularly if you're a 19-year-old gender studies student. And it doesn't work so well if you're literally anyone else besides that. But that's why Ben Shapiro is so popular. He's so popular among people leaving communism, leaving the left. They always stop at Ben Shapiro as if he is a diner 
on the side of a highway in a desert town. You've been driving all night and you stop and you say, Garçon, coffee, just like in Pulp Fiction. And then after you get that first sip and the waitress talks to you a little bit, you say, my, this is the finest diner in the land. In fact, I might have lunch here. I might stay for dinner. I might never leave. This is the best I have ever felt. The entire world makes sense to me now. And once the world has collapsed outside the diner, you think, wait a second, are these even real eggs? And it turns out they're not. But people always have to stop at the Ben Shapiro diner on their way to awakening. And that's why Ben Shapiro is one of the absolute worst as far as I'm concerned. He makes sure that people never actually wake up all the way. There is not one important issue that Ben Shapiro has been absolutely right on. Sure, he can do the wokeness. He can do the trans stuff. I get it. That stuff is important. But he was wrong about COVID. He was wrong about masks. He was wrong about lockdowns. He was wrong about the vaccines. He was wrong about election fraud. He's wrong about insurrection. And he has always been mostly or totally never Trump. And he has steered his mainstream audience toward all of those positions and look where it's gotten them. When I talked about Twitter last week, I said I was involved in a thread where I was being quote unquote attacked. That's the word you use now. People were just saying things in the comments. I wasn't actually attacked. I was sitting at my computer and everything was fine. But I got attacked for saying that Ben Shapiro is headed for a downfall. He'll be irrelevant in a year because he has lied to his audience about the most important things and he never bothered checking. That was the case I made. That's the case I've been making for two years. And if you don't believe it yet and the Ben Shapiro thing doesn't convince you, wait a few more weeks and see where all this is headed. Ben Shapiro tweeted on December 8th of 2020. The vaccine is 95% effective in preventing you from getting the virus and also mitigates the severity of the disease. 99% of those who actually get COVID-19 will survive. In other words, get the vaccine, dopes. That was Ben Shapiro's position on the vaccine. Now, all of what he said was wrong. None of it is worse than him saying, 99% of those who actually get COVID-19 will survive. But that is also necessarily true for a disease that only kills one out of a thousand people. COVID survival rate is literally 99.9%. .9%, and that's when you take into account the fact that every COVID death is either data malpractice or medical malpractice. The whole pandemic is premised on tests run at a cycle threshold that yields 90 plus percent false positives. And then people are shuffled into a medical protocol that prescribes remdesivir and then a ventilator, nearly guaranteeing death. If they were going to run a program to kill people without anyone knowing, they could have hardly done a better job of it. Now, I know you can't say that. That's extremist. That's hyperbolic. There's no way that that's what they were doing. People aren't that evil. Therefore, that could never happen. Except people are that evil. And they lied to you about all of it. They lied to you about a pandemic. That's why I repeat that at the end of the show every day. If they will lie to you about a pandemic, there is nothing they won't lie to you about. That's the point. They are willing to lie about absolutely everything. And someone who's been involved in politics for so long, like Ben Shapiro, should damn well know that. But no, he doesn't know. He follows the mainstream media. He'll read the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal. He'll see clips from the cable shows and he will read the conservative commentary the mainstream conservative commentary on all that. And that's his information diet. So it's no surprise that that's what he spits out. But he never checked. He never actually checked 
to see if all of that was right. He just read the headlines saying the data shows this. The data shows this. Isn't it amazing that all of these people were wrong in exactly the same way about everything? How is that possible unless they are just accepting what they're told? Ben Shapiro simply never checked. Ben Shapiro has a wife who's a doctor. He brags about it all the time. And apparently his wife, the doctor, never checked either. Here's a tweet of his from July 20th, 2021. Delta is as dangerous and more transmissible than the original strain, but populations, particularly vulnerable elderly populations, are largely vaccinated, which means that diagnosed cases aren't nearly as dangerous. Get vaxxed. I did. My wife did. My parents did. But public policy that now focuses on broad scale masking and or lockdowns of those who are vaccinated or forcing small children to mask is simply a power grab at this point. You got that? Ben Shapiro decided when it was a power grab. Once enough people were vaccinated, even though the vaccines don't work, it was OK to take the masks off at that point. And of course it was. That's what everybody was saying. That's what all his peers were saying. That's what the media was saying. It was certainly safe by that point to say, hey, maybe we don't need the masks. But again, he never checked. In February of this year, he said he was double vaxxed. His wife was triple vaxxed and his parents were triple vaxxed. That was February of this year. 15 months after the vaccine came out. Now, again, Ben Shapiro says he was following the data available at the beginning, but that's not what he was doing. He was following the data that was supplied for him by the mainstream and by his peers, you know, very serious intellectuals. And he was going on that data alone because the contradictory data, you know, the real data was being spread as disinformation and misinformation by the no-no people and by the conspiracy theorists. What was he supposed to do? Take that data seriously too? No, it had already been tainted. You can't just go around trusting data that has already been tainted by conspiracy theorists. Ben Shapiro was simply lied to. He was wrong, but for the right reasons. He was trusting the experts, just as everyone is supposed to. You can never anticipate that the experts might be lying, especially not about something that has life or death consequences. That is when you have to trust the experts because they would never lie about something like that. And he even says there's no alternative. We don't have time to simply research these things ourselves. He was hinting at it, I think, in the clip I played, but he goes on to say it explicitly. No one has time for that, especially not with something so complicated as whether or not you need an experimental gene therapy that can't protect you from a disease that can't kill you. Who has time to figure that out? The big pharma companies would never put out a product that could kill its users even though they have plenty of times, the science and the experts, it would just never allow such a thing to happen. And besides his wife is a doctor and you got to trust Ben Shapiro's wife because she's a doctor, even though Ben Shapiro just basically proved on his podcast yesterday that his doctor wife didn't check either. Gosh, I hope there's nothing else that has world changing importance that Ben Shapiro has been wrong about loudly and proudly to his massive audience that he also didn't bother checking on. Gosh, I wonder if election fraud is going to end up being exactly the same scenario for Ben Shapiro. I am continually stunned and amazed that so many people are so certain that election fraud simply could not have happened, even though they don't know the first thing about election fraud or what happened. They just simply believe the TV sometimes. And they have shown you that they don't bother checking. And it's true. They don't bother checking. They don't bother trying to disprove things they want to believe. Ben Shapiro did not and does not realize 
that he just told his audience why none of them should ever listen to him again. Maybe he's able to somehow rebuild trust with them, but I don't see it coming. What is he going to do? Put out an episode tomorrow about how he was wrong about election fraud? Maybe one on Friday about how he was totally wrong about the insurrection? When are we going to get one about the fact that he's supporting Ukrainian Nazis while talking constantly about how Jewish he is? Are those apologies coming? On what point is anyone able to rebuild trust with Ben Shapiro now? He encouraged his audience to make a decision with life or death consequences, and he didn't check at all. In fact, he traded on his wife's credentials to make it more convincing that he must know. How many times did he do that throughout COVID? Why do Ben Shapiro and his doctor wife get a free pass for not checking on anything related to COVID? Oh, wait, here's why. Pretending the vaccine doesn't have side effects or fibbing about it, that's not the solution either. And we've seen this in every aspect of how COVID was treated. And this should this should say something about how much we trust our experts and how much we trust our government. There's a lesson to me, I'll be honest with you, because, again, I come from a, a traditionalist background. I come from a background where you're supposed to believe in the received wisdom of the ages. You're supposed to believe that people who spend their days studying a topic know more than you do. But when it turns out they're just lying to you, all that trust is violated. Now, I want to be careful and sensitive with this topic, but Ben Shapiro just leveled a critique against his own culture that no one else would be allowed to level. In fact, me talking about it and explaining what it is he just said could get me in trouble. And certainly if I brought up and said the things he just said on my own podcast out of context, well, I would be just one step down from Kanye West on the scale of evil, which is like the most evil thing, not as evil as the people who lied to us about COVID and the vaccine, but very evil. You see, the doctors and the experts, they can never be that evil, no matter how much they lie and no matter how many people they've poisoned because the mainstream believed them. And if the mainstream accepts how evil and how dishonest those people actually were, then people might get the idea that those people didn't check either and that it's actually them who are accountable. Because they supported the whole narrative and they supported the policies. They supported the coercion into joining the medical experiment. They supported the medical segregation. They've supported all of it. It's not good enough to say you got tricked. So Ben Shapiro is saying perhaps that he is easily tricked by expertise because he was taught culturally that the experts must be trusted. There is, I guess, the idea that the experts are operating in good faith and they know what they're talking about and they're being honest. And so you spread that idea wide throughout a culture and you teach people not to think for themselves, but to trust the experts. You just have to do what they're saying because they're the ones who know. Who are you to be questioning the dogma? You're not the expert. You're not the scholar. You just go ahead and figure out your own path. You go be an expert at something. And once you get to be an expert at something, it's going to be important that you still listen to the experts above you. You see, stuff like knowledge and important decision making and moral thinking, all of that stuff has to be directed upward toward an authoritative source. Not God, not God, but the experts, the very best people the people who know the most. And once you climb up that ladder, what do you find at the top? The philanthropists. And of course, all of their allies in the global communist order. And they hand the information down. And eventually it gets to Ben Shapiro, who everyone believes because Ben Shapiro says it, is an expert on politics, moral thinking, and information. He's smarter than you. He's more informed than you. He's more moral than you, and he's thinking it all through and then communicating everything to you honestly. 
But wait a second. I know what you're thinking. How is that possible? Ben Shapiro is part of an extremely well-funded operation over there at the Daily Wire. Ben Shapiro has all these listeners. Ben Shapiro is very wealthy. How does Ben Shapiro get all that money if he's out there being the most informed, the smartest, the soundest moral thinker, and the most honest? Because that's impossible. People who are doing all of that stuff get censored. They're not allowed in the conversation because they're the ones who threaten the narrative of the most powerful people, the ones with all the money and the status, the ones who control governments. So if Ben Shapiro has a massive platform and those powerful people will never try to take him off that platform, maybe, just maybe, it's because he's saying things that they are totally okay with. Now, what Ben Shapiro is describing is a massive moral and intellectual failure. And he's saying that he succumbed to it based on how he was raised in his religion. That's not me saying that, it's him. To whatever extent that reflects the dogma of his faith tradition, what he's saying is actually a devastating critique on that tradition. It actually is a problem to be raised in a way that teaches you to respect authority at all times. I don't respect authority at any time unless that authority can justify its position. And that's okay because I am a sovereign individual. I think for myself to the extent that I can shed the influence of my culture and be able to see things for what they are. That's what I try to do. And naturally, I'm going to fail at that at times, maybe even many, many times. And I'm probably not done failing at it. But the idea that because humans are fallible, they should always listen to people with credentials who are designated as experts or scholars or faith leaders. You have created a problem that leads to these sorts of things, widespread crimes against humanity. And that's the sort of culture we are all finding ourselves in at this point. And we don't need to question how widespread this is. We were told constantly by the academics in the universities, by the media, by the politicians, by the corporations, by every source of power in this world that we must respect authority. Ben Shapiro himself just stood up and said, my religion is what did that. This isn't me critiquing Jews or Judaism. I respect people's beliefs and their right to believe what they believe. I have plenty of Jewish friends and have had them for my entire adult life. But if an outcome of one's belief system is widespread crimes against humanity, maybe something's a little off. But hey, at least Ben Shapiro is getting out ahead of this in a way that many of his peers aren't. I can extend him grace on that. Hopefully he'll keep going. Hopefully he'll find out what else he was wrong about and let everybody know. But I imagine that's unlikely. It took him this long to get up to speed on the vaccine, almost two years. And in the meantime, he made people feel totally comfortable with taking a shot that may well destroy people's immune systems and cut their lives short. And it's totally possible that some people have already died as a result of taking that shot. Get the vaccine, dopes. So Ben Shapiro was lied to, and he never checked. That's the real problem. He never checked. And none of them have ever checked about any of this stuff. And that's why people say and people know that nothing can stop what's coming. For these people, the truth is coming. The truth about all of this is coming. It is unstoppable. Too many people know the censorship and the propaganda are failing. And on Friday, they might fail completely. When Elon Musk takes over Twitter, if he lets people back onto that site, if he lets all the banned people back onto that site and he removes the censorship algorithm and he removes the promotion algorithm, what happens then? 
Well, all of a sudden, people don't just get to lie freely with no response from people who know they're lying. All of a sudden, these liars will find their feeds filled with people who are more than willing and more than able to take them apart point by point on each and every one of these subjects. What's going to happen to the election fraud narrative or the insurrection narrative? What's going to happen to the Donald Trump is bad narrative? What's going to happen to the QAnon boogeyman that they have relied on for years now to make certain beliefs absolutely untouchable? Oh, that's one of those QAnon beliefs. Now you're not welcome in society anymore. All of that is going away. The reality is visible in front of us. The only thing stopping all of this is the censorship and the propaganda, most particularly on Twitter. What's going to happen to the other big tech companies? What's going to happen to Google and YouTube? What's going to happen to Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp? What does their business model look like when everyone realizes the extent of their censorship because they're seeing the truth on the open platform? I don't think people are really grasping the full scale of the potential fallout we may be about to see. Now, people might say, hey, you sound a little aggressive, like you just want to rub all these people's noses in it. And hey, you're right. I do. But I'll make one caveat for all of these people with the big platforms and the blue check marks, the very serious intellectuals. They all have the opportunity to try to begin to make up for that as quickly as possible. All they have to do is begin to open their platforms to people who were actually right about this stuff the entire time. Will they do that? I guess that remains to be seen. And I'm not talking specifically about me, but why doesn't Joe Rogan have Seth Keschel on? Seth Keschel could describe for the country why they should easily understand that election fraud is a very serious problem in all 50 states. And there's absolutely no way that Joe Biden won the 2020 election. Joe Rogan could have Garrett Ziegler on so that he can explain what's actually on the Hunter Biden laptop so that we don't have to listen to people like Sam Harris say they don't care if there are dead children in Hunter's basement. Whatever's on that laptop could never be as bad as another four years of Donald Trump. Ben Shapiro could have Steve Bannon on so that Bannon can explain all of this to everybody. Will they do it or will they just keep doing what Ben Shapiro's doing and saying, hey, gang, sorry, I was lied to. I was just doing the best with the available information while knowing that all my information comes from authoritative sources that propagandize and censor the American public. I was just doing the best with the available information. Aside from all of that information, I completely ignored because the people spreading it were conspiracy theorists. Don't you understand, gang? Kind of sounded like I was in a 1930s movie there at the end. They're going to take the position that because they were lied to, they had no recourse. They couldn't have known because no one could have known. Except people did know. And it's documented and everybody, everybody knows that there were other people out there saying the exact opposite things of what the experts on television and people like Ben Shapiro were saying. Everybody knows that those people were marginalized. They were called a fringe. They were censored and ignored. Ben Shapiro wasn't lied to. He placed his faith in false authority and acted himself as a false authority, and he didn't check, and his doctor wife didn't check, because they didn't think they had to. Look, gang, I'll admit when I'm wrong two years later, and I'll blame being wrong on other people, so it won't be my fault. And trust me, going forward, I will never be wrong again for the exact same reason, even though I'm still wrong about four or five of the other most important issues of our day. You got it, gang? We'll see you tomorrow, and I'm going to talk about Black Panther. For real, he did an episode yesterday on HBO's House of Dragons, and his show today is covering John Fetterman's debate performance. And hey, maybe it's worth giving a couple of minutes to John Fetterman's debate performance, but also, no, it's not. Have you watched John Fetterman at all? 
John Fetterman can't think or speak, and he proved it again last night. I don't support fracking uh, at all, and I never have. Um, yeah, I called for a moratorium on fracking. There's no such thing as a green fracker. I- I'm not pro-fracking. 2016 fracking moratorium pledge that Fetterman signed for an environmental watchdog group, as well as a 2016 tweet he sent while running for U.S. Senate. I don't uh, support fracking. I-, I think it's something that has to eventually go away, uh, and I would like to see it you know, transition out. So there's Fetterman's history on fracking. And you also heard John Fetterman at his intellectual high point throughout that clip. That was back when he could think and speak before his stroke. That almost definitely was caused by the vaccine. It's strange we don't get to talk about that. Here's John Fetterman last night. Mr. Yeah. Oz, uh, Oz rule. Mr. Fetterman, you know, I seconds. absolutely support fracking. In fact, I live across the street from a, the, a steel mill and they were going to frack to create their own energy in order to make them more competitive. And I support that living closer to anybody else in Pennsylvania for fracking to myself. I believe that we need independence with energy. And I believe I've walked that line my entire career. I believe Democrats. Mr. Mr. Fetterman, I do have a specific question, which you can continue on this topic. But you have made two conflicting statements regarding fracking. In a 2018 interview, you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. I never have. But earlier this month, you told an interviewer, quote, I support fracking. I support the energy independence that we should have here in the United States. So, Mr. Fetterman, please explain your changing position. 60 seconds. Uh, I've, I've always supported fracking. And I always believe that independence with our energy is, is critical. And we can't be held you know, you know, ransom to somebody like Russia. You know, I've always believed that energy independence is critical, and I've always believed that, and I do support fracking. I've never taken any money from their, their, their industry, but I support how critical it is that we produce our own energy and create energy independence. I must correct the record. Uh, well, he... uh, just a second, Mr. Oz. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking, but there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking and I don't, I don't, I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking. Okay. So it's obvious that Fetterman is lying. It's obvious that Fetterman might not know he's lying because he has no idea what happened 10 minutes before he said that, I imagine. And that's very sad. And I hope he goes on to live a normal and healthy life, but that none of that life involves making decisions for other people. So that's the easiest and most obvious part. Then there is the problem of why the Democrat Communist Party would put this man in this position, knowing he's this way. Now, he had a screen showing him what was being said in closed captioning by the moderators. And then he also has his little machine that helps him understand the questions and then generate answers. He waited for seconds there before he even started with his answer. And first he said, oh, like he was just surprised he had to answer. So John Fetterman should not be out there. It is immoral to have him out there. He clearly does not have his wits about him. He may be more unable to control himself and his thoughts and his words than Joe Biden is. And that's certainly a problem. But the biggest problem is the same one that Ben Shapiro is suffering from. And that's that we have a media And people in positions of authority and people with large platforms pretending that none of this is true and that everything is going okay. There was like a movement on Twitter among journalists and the Fetterman campaign and among Democrats to say that John Fetterman actually gave a brave and wonderful performance last night. But for some of our most important media figures, That was just a bridge too far. And so they started bailing out. They began openly talking about how John Fetterman simply isn't up to the task. Joe Scarborough himself last night said this is painful to watch regardless of one's politics. And in response to that tweet, I wrote, 
full collapse. Scarborough is taking the lifeboat. Will he bring Mika or leave her for dead and say it was an accident? And maybe it was that that got my account suspended on Twitter again for 12 hours, or maybe it was going after Ben Shapiro. But if you know anything about how Joe Scarborough's intern somehow got smashed in the head and died in his office, and then Joe Scarborough left politics forever immediately after, you would know that that is a Hall of Fame level tweet. But let's leave that aside. The media is now bailing out on John Fetterman, saying it's become obvious to us that John Fetterman isn't up to the task. And all they're doing is making it safe for the child brains in their audience to say the same thing, something everybody can see just by watching John Fetterman for 30 seconds. They realized John Fetterman has absolutely no chance of winning And they can't even trick people into believing that he does. So rather than continue to further degrade themselves and lose more of their audience by continuing to deny a basic and obvious reality in front of them that everyone can see themselves, they're going to retreat. They're going to back off that position. They're going to pretend they never held that position in the first place. It wasn't obvious before. We all just found out. Now we're telling you because we're very, very honest people. These people have gone on for six months now supporting this guy as a candidate for the U.S. Senate. They're saying Dr. Oz is so bad and so offensive. He's one of those MAGA people. Even a fully dead John Fetterman would be better than having Dr. Oz as a senator. But that position is totally untenable now. So they're simply bailing out and they're hoping you'll keep trusting them and keep listening to them. These people have absolutely no principles. And that includes Ben Shapiro, by the way. You can't just not check, but that's what they've done. And in fact, it's a little worse than that because people were telling them that they were wrong. People were expressing doubt. Again, there's no one in our society who doesn't realize that there was a counter narrative the entire time. They just all ignored it and made fun of it and shamed and bullied people who would express the counter narrative. They censored people. And to resolve this, they just want to scale everything back to that nice, cushy center where no one can really get totally mad for them. You see, we have reason to believe all these things that we've been saying. And sure, now some of it has been called into doubt. But trust us, we are still the most reliable source of information out there. This was always coming and it was always obvious that this was coming. And anyone who's listened to my show for a long time will know that I've been saying this for pretty much the entire two and a half years I've been doing this show. I said in April of 2020 that the media reporting everything through a lens of whether it helped or hurt Donald Trump was going to be the end of the media and the end of the Democrat Party. And we are quickly approaching both of those outcomes. And so people might suggest, well, hey, the only reason you're saying this is because you don't want people to listen to those people anymore, so they'll come to listen to you. And I suppose there's an extent to which that's true. I actually would rather have people listening to me saying, hey, here's a laundry list of reasons why you should doubt the central narrative about all of these world changing subjects, because We will have better outcomes that way. I'm not going to be right all the time. I admit that. I admit that I'm questioning. I admit that I have doubt. And I try to walk people through my reasoning and the information upon which I base my conclusions. I have never told my audience to trust anybody, including me. But we cannot move forward while listening to the same people who have been wrong about all of these crucial topics for the entire time, now that it should be fully obvious to everyone that they never checked and they never checked because they just 
didn't care. They were incentivized to repeat the slogans, to perpetuate the central narrative. And that's exactly what they did. And so what does the world look like if everyone stops at the Ben Shapiro diner and just stays there or the Joe Rogan diner or any of the people on Fox News, except maybe Tucker Carlson or the people at National Review or Commentary or all of the very prestigious conservative magazines? Which one of them was right about anything on time? It doesn't matter that they're finally able to admit the right thing two years too late. Ben Shapiro's position on the vaccine doesn't help all the people who took the vaccine a year and a half ago and felt comfortable doing it because Ben Shapiro's wife is a doctor. The time where it matters whether or not you're right is before the crucial decisions are made. Not once the experts and the people in power have finally decided that you get to hear a little bit of what's right now. There should be no room left for these people. If our society is actually awakening and actually advancing, there should be no market for Ben Shapiro's brand of bullshit. How many times do these people need to drive you directly into a ditch before you realize they're just not very good at what they do. And they're not good people. They're not smart. They're not the most informed. And they're certainly not the most moral. They never even checked. They just relied on authority. They relied on credentials. And look what's happened. I hope that they all realize fully what exactly they have done. And they repent and they work to make amends. But until that point, there is no safe harbor. And you're seeing the first signs of that old adage, nothing can stop what is coming. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree, linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
in my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!